Hello, and welcome back to Blonde, Brunette, and Confused, the podcast where we share stories, unsolicited advice, and conversations about life as college students. We want to give you the unfiltered truth. Today, we are joined by a very, very special guest, entrepreneur and girl boss, Alexa Curtis. I don't think you all understand. She's literally done so much that we had to pick and choose our favorite things to highlight. But she started her blog, Life Unfiltered with Alexa, when she was only 12 years old. And now she manages a whole array of amazing projects to help inspire young adults to be fearless and unfiltered. She has a nonprofit called Media Impact and Navigation for Teens. She created and organizes the B fearless summit she has a show on radio disney and so much more so alexa i'll hand it over to you if you want to introduce yourself oh my god you, you guys did such a good intro I, don't know <laughs> I, I mean thank you so much for having me um but i don't i don't know you guys said we better stalked you on the internet i, I guess we did <laughs> i found you on linkedin oh, fabulous I mean, you guys knew everything and you said it like even better than i would say it so <laughs> we did our research i'm so proud of us amazing well sometimes people will be like alexis curtis or like alex curtis and i'm like all you have to do is just google the name or like something really <laughs> easy. so you guys are already bratty boys i'm so glad on top of that do you want to talk a little bit about how you got started where you were especially because you were so young how did you get where you are today what was that journey like for you yeah so i started a fashion blog back in 2011 called the life of the fashion lane i'm from a really small town in eastern connecticut never fit in it's pretty severely bullied growing up and had no money no connections and so I launched this blog way before the days of blogging was a thing and when I was 14 I made this pitch and I started emailing all these different companies got myself invited to fashion week I think everyone just felt really bad for me I was this like 14 year old girl in the middle of nowhere and I I used to write all these emails and then when I was 16 at the time I was actually failing out of high school because I was just not good at school I was still planning to go to college because I never thought I could make a career out of this Uh, and and I had emailed somebody at Rachel Ray and um, the day that I forced my mom to let me transfer to online school got a call from somebody at Rachel Ray and they wanted me to go on the show so the next week I went down to New York as this like 16 year old girl you know didn't know anything but initially I loved fashion and then over the past 10 years now I'm 22 I run the site full-time but it's on social media and mental health um, I launched the summit the nonprofit, and then my one big yes was the show on Radio Disney which actually recently wrapped but was on air for a year that's amazing <laughs> I just want to know, I think we all want to know, what is some like good tips that you have for like good content? Yeah. Because we definitely are just getting started. We've only done this for like a little less than a year. You know what? Don't be afraid to get out there. Like email people all the time. I think that by only focusing on social media, you limit yourself. So as a podcast, you have the opportunity to meet so many incredible people, to interview so many amazing people. And so let that be the driving force. You know, I think that social media is a great tool, but I also think that with it comes a lot of different negativity and a lot of body image issue, depression, anxiety. So especially with a podcast, I think your voice is so much more important than a picture and maybe even a website kind of be the driving force. And then social media itself will just naturally take off as the podcast continues to be successful. So we were wondering where you get the inspiration for all of these projects you've done because you've clearly come up with a lot of different things and written a lot of pitches. Kind of just what drives you and inspires you? That's a great question. I will say that being an entrepreneur, you have this like inner innate just drive. And I think that you can find that drive, but you really have to find your purpose. So for me, I constantly have a lot of ideas, but I know myself. Like if I get up and continue to pursue the idea, like especially when I launched the summit and it just like was in my mind and I just couldn't stop emailing even with all the rejection, then I know it's like, I call it the money idea. But if I have an idea for like a show or something and I just like, I don't find myself emailing a bunch of people, like it's not taking priority that I know this isn't the idea. But like even for example, I had this show that 
do this uh, mini digital series called Founder Files. I had the identity six months ago. And I wrote up a whole one sheet on it and then nothing happened. And then the other day, I just, like I had always been thinking about it, but I just never pursued it. And then I found this company, emailed her and got the show sponsored and we go into production on Monday. So sometimes oh a lot gosh. of times like the show or ideas will come back around, but it's, it's all on timing. It's all timing. Going off of that, one of the biggest things about going after those ideas and something that you really preach is the idea of being fearless, your fearless Fridays. The one thing we really loved was on your Instagram when you were like, I saw a bag that I wanted, so I wrote up the pitch and they <laughs> like, and I got it. And it's that drive to just know what you want and go after it that so many young people are still trying to build. Do you have any advice for kind of going after what you want and not being afraid of that rejection? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. And the biggest thing I say is like, what, it, what makes you so afraid? And every time I ask somebody, they're like, I don't know, it's just scary. And I'm like, okay, but like, if you can actually look at what makes you scary, is it the rejection? Because you're rejected we're all rejected like you're rejected if you're dating you're rejected if your teacher hates your assignment right it's no different it's easier if you're sending an email out because you're getting rejected behind a screen you know when when I tell people about the pitching and stuff the internet it's all fake like you never know you know I don't know if that bag was fake it could have been like a sweatshop in India like it wasn't um but you know so if, if they were going to reply to my email and be like no what do I care they said yes but I get said no to all the time um and it's, it's on the internet nobody's meeting you face to face so if you can tackle what makes you actually so scared you'll probably realize that you have no reason you're just scared so just write the first email or contact the first person and it gets so much easier from there that's what my mom always says she always goes Bella literally what's the worst that could happen and it's never anything dramatic it's Mm -hmm. just someone's gonna say no and then you keep going we love Oh, yes. My (laughs) mom. So she recently retired from her really long corporate career, like 37 plus years. And now she's just living her best life doing interior design. She's just having a ball. And another thing is you're super young, but also it's never too late to become an entrepreneur. So it's It's amazing. It's never too late. You know, some people have that million dollar idea at 45. It's, It's really never too late. It's never too early. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and age is never a factor. You're never yeah. too young. You're never too old. A good idea is a good idea. Yeah, it's it's never something that you should focus on ever. Unless you can't talk yet. That might be harder. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really open in the things you create about just your life and different truths and hard truths about it and being unfiltered. What do you have for advice for other people to kind of figure out how to do that? Because it is a hard thing to just start doing. Yeah. I would say that there's a difference too between being authentic and being unfiltered, and I think I, I've been able to figure out how to do both. But I would say that I don't necessarily think that you should be unfiltered unless you that is your brand. I've had many times where I've realized that I've I've said way too much online or I've just overshared something and I've learned that the hard way. And so I, I don't necessarily like preach that, but I think that if you're a genuinely authentic person, then you really can use the internet to create your own community. And then from there, maybe gain traction in the following, like I did when I started the blog um, and I had made all these friends because I had no friends. They were all like teen bloggers. Um, but I would say that, it, you know, you're either willing to share your life or you're not. And I, I don't suggest people do that unless they are really like passionate about it. That's one of our biggest things that we try to do here is we try and talk about topics that a lot of people wouldn't. And a question that I personally get when I tell people about this podcast, it's like, oh, wow, you actually shared real experiences about your first time going to a party or, you know, your relationships. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. But I think you may agree in the fact that when we share our authentic experiences, people feel less alone. And I feel less alone in the process. Just having someone tell me like, oh, I didn't know anybody else felt that 
that way. Yeah, a thousand percent. And that's why you do it is because it makes you feel better. In return, you help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. So our podcast being based off of college students and like really delving into the opinion of college students and everything, how did you know it was the right choice to not go to college? I knew when I didn't get into any colleges. <laughs> like, you know, when you're dating and it's like when nobody replies to your text, you just know that they're not the right person. Yeah, no, I, I applied to three. I didn't get into them. And so um, from there I had started making money and then I just, you know, became so like enthralled by writing and blogging and going to events and fashion week and stuff. And so I just moved to New York. I found a really cheap apartment. I had been making money from the site and then it just never crossed, it never really crossed my mind but I get asked, I get asked all the time, like, when are you going to college, or are you thinking about it? And I'm like, no, but I don't think that you should think about it, just mm-hmm. because I didn't go. Maybe if I had gone in, then I wouldn't be here today. So I don't know. It all happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's true. Moment, you're definitely doing well where you are. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sense to go to college. Yeah. But I also think, like, there's many people, you know, Carly Kloss went to college, Gigi Hadid went to college, I'm pretty sure they all dropped out, but, like, they all went to college <laughs> while running their companies, because, you know, they wanted to learn something new. So maybe I would go and learn law in like 10 years, but just not right now. Whether or not, you know, inside, outside of college, wherever you are in any stage of your life, one of the biggest things that I personally have encountered, and I think everybody has, we just don't talk about it enough, is the idea of imposter syndrome. The idea that wherever you are in life, uh, it's not because of whatever skills you have or your intelligence. It's just kind of luck. You think you're not worthy. I deal with this every day in the classroom, with jobs, in friend groups. uh, And I think a lot of people do. We just don't talk about it. So I was wondering if you've had any experience with that and how do you deal with that? I'm sad that you've had that experience because I feel like you're so young. I feel like I don't meet a lot of people who have imposter syndrome until they're older, but I talked a lot on my podcast about that. I think it goes back to that message of your authenticity. And so therefore, I think that the more success you find, for me, that's when I've had that. And I've gone into like deep therapy over it because I, I just have never been somebody who like looks at myself and is like, oh my God, I'm doing so great. And I think that's what makes me successful is because I've never been like, this is never enough. This is never enough. Maybe until I'm actually at the place where, you know, I I would think it was enough but I think that therapy has really helped me deal with that because you need somebody who's like in your corner who's unbiased who can look at you and be like you need to sit down with a notebook and like write down what you've done even if it's like I got a good grade on a test or like no somebody replied to my message like whatever it is and I think that that will really help you get over it but it's it's a long process but I think it really just comes down to the self-acceptance I think another thing about why it might start affecting us when we're younger is the fact that social media, you you have so much more coming at you constantly to compare yourself to, which is a really dangerous game to play because it can serve as inspiration if you use it properly and find the right people, but it can also serve as a constant reminder of what you think you should be. And I know that's a really big focus for you. Our generation can use social media responsibly. And I don't know if there's anything you want to say on that, any tips you have, because whether we like it or not, we're surrounded by it. Um, that's a great point. And that's why I say to not like look at social media as your only option or to only have a career based off of social media, because that syndrome is so common. You're right with young people because they're all, we're all comparing ourselves. I am, you are, we all are. And it's inevitable. So I would say when it comes to social media, like I started taking social media off every Sunday and it just changed my life. And I literally delete every app off of my phone and I re-download them on Monday morning. Um, And then I would also say like, if you have somebody that you follow and it's like a friend or a family member, you feel insecure or bad when you view their posts, just mute them. You don't have to unfollow them. But if you're also following somebody that you, we all know that there's that person that we're like, this is like unhealthy and that I'm like obsessed with how beautiful you are. (laughs) Don't follow them. Like unfollow. 
around and it's turning to least feelings and you'll just realize that your mental health is so much better. Related to imposter syndrome, our generation has had so much to balance and we definitely in college, we burn out a lot. What tips do you have to like really take the time to like relax and not stress so much? Yes, great question. I always say to myself, will this matter in five years? And I said it to my friend the other day who's starting a company or has started one. He said, yeah, well, the company's successful. That's going to matter in five years. And I was like, no, will this one phone call, this one test, will that matter? Because the world is going to do whatever it wants to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to fail or be successful because it's the world that chooses this crap. And it is how hard you work. But a lot of companies fail in the first year, especially startups. It doesn't necessarily have to do with work ethic. It just has to do with life and stuff. So I would say that if you can think about it like that, will this matter? Um, and also, if you find yourself getting exhausted, if you find yourself feeling really unsatisfied, then you need to force yourself to take a step back because you are no use to anyone. Anyone in any capacity, even friends or family, if you are unhappy. And if there's something making you unhappy, a lot of times, too, people will get burnout and they didn't even realize it was like a negative friend relationship or a negative relationship. Get that person out of your life and just take a few days to yourself. Everyone has 48 hours to just sit alone or, you know, don't go into class like your professor doesn't hate you. You're making one of your more recent team projects and one that we find just extremely impressive is the Be Fearless Summit. So we wanted to know more about your inspiration for why you started it and sort of just where you're going with it. Yeah. If you have future changes yes. and plans. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. So I had this idea and that's when I say that like money idea. Um, I always get asked to speak at colleges and I'm paid to speak at colleges. And, um, I had this idea after speaking at all these different colleges. You know, people come up to me. It's always a similar thread. How do I use social media to grow my company? Like I want to start a company or I want to like hustle, quote unquote hustle, but I don't know how. And so I was like, why don't I start my own project? So I had this idea in March of 2018 and I had the idea and I made like a little one sheet on it, which is like a sheet that has your all your ideas. And I sent it out to like hundreds of colleges and got, and got one reply. Maybe I got one, I think I got one no actually from NYU, which was my first college rejection. Um, and then finally I waited a little bit of time and I ended up speaking at a conference and meeting somebody from Drexel, which was the first university, and I pitched it to her like right on the spot. And they, within like two weeks, said yes to it. Then I hosted the first one this year in March at Drexel. And then for six months, pitched it out religiously, just all consistently every day. No, no, no. I would I would have phone calls all the time throughout the summer. I was in Europe, like anywhere I would take a phone call. Always no, always no. And then um, two weeks ago, I finally got my second yes from Berkeley. It's April 1st, 2020 at Berkeley, which is great. But I mean, it just goes to show and you don't see on social media. And I, and I have pictures of the emails every day for months. I just never gave up on it. But the goal would be to do like five or six with colleges and maybe five or six on my own and then sell it. I love it, but it's a lot of work. So I would like to, eventually like have it be a little bit bigger than me and, and give it to somebody else to take the reins on it any listeners in the california area we <laughs> see you you best be there <laughs> so much yeah. to learn yes april 1st yeah so i mean you're you're such a young business owner you must have had some kind of crazy experiences do you have any that come to mind we love that sharing stories share, yeah. we love sharing stories so if you have any i can't imagine the amount of things you've experience that have been thrown your way so many um one in particular i remember which actually when i signed with my management company which is based in la they actually started developing this show that was based on my life and we pitched it out and that kind of went on hold for a while because the writer got staffed on the show sirens but the opening episode of this show so when i was 16 i first appeared on rachel ray i didn't know at the time that you had to return the clothing so they paid me to go on the show 
there was this brand I'm not going to name names and I had no clue that you had to return the clothing so I'm just like wearing the clothing I gave the clothing to my sister like everyone had this this clothing and then um, about like a week after this the shoot I get you know an email being like hey where's the clothing and I, I was 16 I'm like what mm-hmm. and I had illegally signed a contract I never disclosed my age and your contract is not void if you're under 18 anyhow like lawyers were involved they tried to sue me I had to send this thing called a cease and desist letter I have no one in my family who's an entrepreneur I have one uncle who's like a tax accountant in Texas and he like helped me file all the paperwork it was quite traumatizing and so that happened early on and I've had the most bizarre things happen like encounters with celebrities a lot of just crazy people cars flights I don't oh my I don't even I should one day write a list on it there's there's a lot of them and that was that was one of the more negative things but I learned a lot from that experience and at just 16 like yeah, I was really young I would just be crying. Yeah, you do. And I was, I remember then I, there's this industry Facebook page. And I remember at the time I I was doing social media for this girl and I was in an airport and she sent me a screenshot of this evil woman that was like the founder of this company had written a long post about me in this Facebook group. Just so mean. And I'm 16. I I remember, I remember it so, I think it was in Houston. And I remember I was in the thing and I sat in the floor of the airport just crying and I'm alone and I'm just crying and calling my mom and my mom's like I, my mom's a nurse she's like I have no clue what the, like what are you talking about <laughs> my career is over so I had to like contact Facebook and they had to take down the post but yeah it's just one of them yeah <gasps> being so young you must have had to grow up so much so more quickly yeah. yeah why do certain adults have it out for I people just living their lives yeah my age but also a lot of people in entertainment like the longer you work in nobody's nice everyone's just really mean it's just not a nice industry to be in yeah prepare yourself it's like high school was the transition from east to west coast difficult especially to LA I'm from Washington state so you know west to east there were definitely some changes but it's crazy to think about going from a super small town on the east coast to LA on the west coast can I add on to that? Do you feel like it kind of changed you when you lived there? Because I know my sister moved to outside of San Francisco and came back a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard a lot of people that say that about San Francisco. To bring you guys back, so I moved out when I was like 17 and I went to New York, like full-on starting artist, had no money. And then I went to Boston for two years. And then I forced my now ex-best friend to move to L.A. with me, like a childhood friend, for three months. And at the same time, I had pitched and landed the show on Radio Disney. So in January of like two years ago, my friend didn't come back. He came back to Connecticut, and I decided to stay out there. I had also been in a relationship for two years, and then moved out there, and we broke up, then got back together, then broke up again. And so it was it was a little, actually, when I look back, traumatizing to move somewhere like L.A., especially on your own, because it is a completely different ballpark, and especially in entertainment. Now that I've been there for like two and a half years, I have my own group of friends and stuff, but for that first year, I felt so alone. More alone than I felt in any city, and I've lived in like five. And now I feel like I've changed, but in like just a growth way. And also, like my career really excelled when I moved to LA. So yeah, I would say it was a positive experience for me. But I don't love LA. I actually hate LA, <laughs> but I live there. <laughs> I feel like so many people when they make giant moves like that, they're not willing to admit if they don't mesh immediately. In college, it's hard to admit when you don't make friends right away, and it takes people forever and nobody talks about it it's like you don't make friends instantly and everybody's just like oh yeah I'm having a great first semester but in reality we're all struggling to find our place and people need to be more open about that yeah definitely everyone's always struggling even if they figured it out they're still struggling 
mm-hmm. in other ways. As we're wrapping up, so sadly, do you want to share any like upcoming exciting things that you have going that you're doing that you want our listeners to know about? Yeah, so my podcast airs every Wednesday. That's called This Is Life Unfiltered, and I'm almost at episode 100. I don't know when this airs, but it will probably be um, there, which is episode 100 is um, the editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar. From there, then the summit is April 1st, so those, like, even if I do one a year, that takes up all of my time. And then I'm also working, so my radio Disney show is on the air for a year, and it wrapped in September. And so now I've pitched that out to a lot of other networks, so the goal is that it would become a digital show now that a lot of the big networks, so hopefully somebody will pick it up, so that would be my TV show next year, so yeah. Seriously, y'all, all of the things that we've just touched on here, Alexa actually really breaks down in her podcast. So things like imposter syndrome, there's a whole episode, burnout, knowing when it's okay to not be okay, all of these things, and amazing interviews uh, with super powerful people. So please, seriously, go check it out. <laughs> so we wanted to um, thank you so much for coming. And everybody who's listening, please listen to her podcast, Life Unfiltered, and check out all of her social media, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, which is at Alexa underscore Curtis. To stay up to date on new episodes and a look behind the scenes, follow us at BBNC Pod on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even Pinterest when I'm bored. It's also a great place to contact us, let us know what you think, and give us topics you want to discuss. Finally, share our podcast with anyone you think may be interested. Thank you so much for listening. You're all shining stars.